The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lock one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten. Zero. Three. Zero. Second lap time for David. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Uh, the gang is all back again. As always, uh, I am joined with Jason Or. Jason, how has your week been? Uh, cold. Very, very cold. And it's still cold. So uh, stay inside, watch, catch a little bit of racing, but more than anything, just trying to keep warm and staying busy at work. Definitely. Speaking of being cold, Brad Brown, how, how about you? You staying warm over there? Ditto. It's been hard. It's been this cold is unbelievable. And then we got snow on top of snow and don't even know where to throw it next. I hope we don't get any more anytime soon, but, uh, staying warm in the house, but yeah, it's, it's not fun outside. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, for those of you not aware, you might be in sunny Florida racing right now where it's, you know, 74 degrees during the day back here in Lincoln, Nebraska, it was minus 17 when I left the house today. Yeah, there's, that's ridiculous. Uh, um, I'm not a fan. I'm ready to move to Tucson for the for the winter. <laughs> I, I do not blame you. <laughs> but it, it being minus 17, but in like six weeks, we should be racing, guys. What I like is I, I left work today at, at 6.05, and, and it was still light out. And so that doesn't happen very often in, during the wintertime. So you can see the days are getting longer, and the, it's staying lighter longer. So that's, that's promising that uh, we're going to see some uh, spring here pretty soon. Yeah, hopefully sooner or later and get the snow out of the way. So, like I said, that we can go racing in, the, in those six weeks. So, uh, yeah, but uh, racing is going on down in Florida. Uh, Florida Speed Weeks has been kicking off. We saw some outlaw races this week. We saw some USAC midget races this week. Uh, rain has been kind of a factor, but I think that's always the case down in Florida this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, it's uh, really unpredictable. And there's been a lot of races lost over the years due to this this weather. But, uh they man, they they worked their butts off to try to get these races in. So they they did a pretty good job last week. I think they only lost to what two races to rain, um, but uh, they they uh, they're they're getting them in. So, but man, it sure seems cold down there. Even even at when the when the sun goes down at night. Yeah, one of the guys I work with lives down in Florida, and he works remote, and uh, it is unseasonably cold for them as well too. So. Uh, it's it's getting everybody, but um, yeah, I was really I was really pleased with the. You know, I looked, watched some of the events, and just how well the track held up throughout the night. You know, it was a stark contrast to how we saw at the end of the season with lots of uh, you know, rubber down tracks and dust and that. So, uh, so far, so good, and hopefully, we keep on rolling. Yeah, definitely. Well, on tonight's program, we are going to be joined by Blake Anderson. We finally got a time where. The All-Stars are not racing, and we actually can get him on. We originally was going to have him on prior to the kickoff of the All-Star Speed Weeks down there in Florida, but uh, due to some circumstances and getting dumped a ton of snow on on us here, uh, (laughs) we need to dig out, and we cannot uh, get Blake on at that time. So he's going to join us, kind of give us a little preview of the All-Star season, as they are off right now until April, so... 
Uh, we really haven't missed a whole lot with the with the few races that they did run. I don't believe they were even points races, so I think it might have been just show up points or something like that. Yeah, Florida races usually are just uh, um, fun races uh, where everybody races and the points don't count. So uh, um, they're they're down there just shaking their cars down and so forth. But uh, the the points don't start until, like you said, what is it, April? So uh, a lot of the some of the full time all stars don't even show up down in Florida just because. Uh, it's a long way to go, a lot of money, a lot of expenses. Uh, Volus is hard on motors and stuff, so forth. So they don't even show up until uh, the season fully starts in, in April. I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm just happy that we're racing again and we're not talking about, uh, you know, COVID and starting the season three months later and, and things like that. So, you know, we found a way to get it going and we'll race come, uh, come hell or high water. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully all the seasons kick off as normal, as scheduled here. It sounds like, you know, everybody's doing their part right now. Vaccines are rolling out and uh, that we shouldn't be affected that if at all. So that's enough of the Rona talk. Let's <laughs> let, let's go. Let's go racing, basically. So uh, recap, uh, World Outlaws race this weekend, Brad. I know you have the feature winners. Uh, some surprises, some not surprises. Well, I think I think the, it, it gives us an indication of what's going to come up. Uh, um, Brad Sweet won the first night with shoe carton shots, uh, second and third on the podium. Second night, uh, Sh- Logan Shukart won with uh, Danny Dietrich and Corey Eliasson. And that was all Donnie Schatz's race until with two laps to go. The, uh, the reports are the mag box uh, went out on him and uh, took a dump and cost him their win. But uh, so, boy, so I, I it, tell you, it wasn't Ford that dumped, it was the MSD mag box that. Yeah, it was, it was the mag box. I, I'm telling you what, I, I think that uh, TSR has those Fords figured out this year, and uh, this could be a, a, a reboot to the Donnie Schatz era because uh, he, he struggled a little bit last year. Uh, he, he was never that dominant. They, they struggled with those Fords uh, throughout the whole season, but I think they went back to the drawing board and got their homework done, and boy, uh, um, Tony Stewart has a win, and now Schatz has two or three, and should have had one more. I, I think those <laughs> that fifteen car is going to be one to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. Like the, we said it before that Donnie's not done. No, no, and he, you know, he's he's always as clean as he has been, and that's such an important part of what he does. And you know, he said it before: is is finishing races and finishing up toward the top, and and he gets plenty of wins too. So he, I, he's starting to look like one of the guys to be, but. Uh, we have seen that there is going to be contention. Um, you know, Shuhart, Brad Sweet, Sheldon, these guys, this wasn't, you know, a one-off year. This wasn't a, uh, you know, last year was no fluke for some of these guys. They're going to be in it, and they're going to be in the high. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a heck of a points race for the Outlaws this year. Yeah, I, it's going to be a great to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what uh, Sheldon Honchild does. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to win a lot of races, um, towards the last half of last season, he learned that he has to finish races. I, I really, I, I can't wait to see how this season plays out, and hopefully, he's learned that uh, finishing races is is very important. And, and I'm, I can't wait to watch how uh, this season plays out with Sheldon because, uh, and then Shukart, Shukart is just boy. In the last six years, he has leaps and bounds improved and. They still struggle with consistency and winning or uh, finishing all these races, but if he can finish these races, uh, he's gonna 
it's going to be a, a great five car battle for the championship between Sweet, Shukart, uh, Shots, Hunchild. Um, um, you get you can't forget David Gravel either. No, uh, no, or Aaron Reitzel. or Reitzel. I mean, Reitzel's going to be a top contender out there. I mean, he has experience. You know, run the four tens. He dominated the All Stars many many years. Uh, he might have a little, he, a little bit of a learning curve, you know, going to a bunch of different new tracks, but I can see him adapting relatively easily. Well, he, he's going to have to learn as well that finishing races is as, is as important as winning a race because in the All-Stars, if you look back, he, he had a lot of DNFs, uh, the motor problems. He blew several motors. Um, I, the Roth key team is a great team, but if you look over the years – it's never been a uh, it's never been a top five team. They they've they've had some great showings and some great races, and they throw a lot of money at it. But um, they're they're definitely a top ten team. But uh, I don't know that they're a top five team. So, but but now with Reitzel joining and bringing some of his crew members over that he's worked with for years, and they have a, they changed up the motor program to one that fits his his uh, uh, what he's used to or what he's accustomed to. Um, they could be a, a, a top, a great program this year, but uh, he's going to have to learn how to finish races as well. Yeah, definitely. And there's another guy you can throw in the mix too. I mean, he's he's with a really good team that knows how to win. Uh, you can't out, you can't count out Carson Macedo right now. I mean, the oh, Jason sure. the Jason Johnson Racing Team with Phil Dietz running that thing. They're they're going to be a top team. I mean, Carson has years of the Outlaw Tour underneath underneath of his belt now uh, with a winning crew chief. I, I think they're going to be right up there with. with with shots and sweet and Sheldon and you know, the top caliber cars. It's early, but it looks like he might've taken a step forward, you know? So it definitely, I agree. definitely going to be in the hunt. And he won a race at the Volusa and, and most of the allies were there. So, uh, um, yeah, that, that car, it's a great car and Carson, uh, he's, he's coming along a long way. So I, I agree. He's going to be right there. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break real quick and we're going to be joined on the phone talking some all-star sprint racing with, uh, the voice of the all-stars, Blake Anderson. So everybody hold tight and we'll be right back. Yeah, you damn right. I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole, uh, teammates, Steve Kemp. Piece of shit. All that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumb ass flagman that can't see. <laughs> I love that introduction. But uh, um, race fans, uh, we got uh, we got the voice of the All Stars on uh, the show tonight. Uh, we searched high and low for him. We tried to have him on about a week ago, but things just didn't happen. We got a lot of snow and things didn't happen. But we got Blake uh, Anderson on the line today. So Blake. Uh, How's things going for you guys? You getting all rested up from your big start to the All-Star Circuit last year or last week? Yeah, it was a good start to the year. We got five of our six races in, and Mother Nature won one. Which in Florida this time of year, that's not a bad batting average to have. You can go five for six. So we were happy with that. And a good start to the year with some good car counts, and now we take two months off. Actually, two months from today, April 9th, is when we pick back up with our point season at Attica Raceway Park, and really from there on, it's game on for 55 races. So it's, uh, it should be pretty fun. We were all kind of talking before the show started. Um, all these races in Florida, this uh, in Georgia, the last uh, two weeks, they were non-points races, correct? Correct. They were non-points. So it's, it's tough for us I mean, through the years, the All-Stars have been the working man series. Anymore, 
pretty much all of our guys are full-time drivers, but it keeps it a little easier on our guys if we make them non-points and not required. So there's, there's, it gives them track time if they want it, an opportunity to race the series. But if you, you're not quite ready, which I know we have a couple teams, or at least one team that hasn't even announced they're running with the series that's going to be newly formed that is still working on getting some cars. So for a team like that, it certainly aids them a little bit to not have to be in Florida. Yeah, February is pretty early to hit the track. And so I completely understand on this uh, Working Man series where some cars and some teams just might not be quite ready, not to mention – if you're going to spend two weeks down there, that's that's a, a big expense for, for some teams. So um, for that, yeah. you know, non-points race or non-points uh, tour, I guess, uh, that, that's uh, pretty understandable. So so initially, what did you have, four races? Uh, or what did you say, five races? Uh, how, how did this how, – what's your impressions on the start of the season uh, with, the, with the teams that you got to show up down there? Uh, I watched them on Flow Racing, and, and uh, I was – pretty happy with the, the way the tracks held up, uh, the competition. There was some good nights of racing with me being snowed in here in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, I was thrilled with the way the season started. I think one of the early races, we had four different leaders. I was impressed with Scraven. I thought uh, when I got there, I, I wasn't quite sure how the place was going to race. And it, I thought it raced pretty darn good, especially for as cold as it was. I think the thing that stuck out the most to me is I was talking with some folks this afternoon I think the way our lineup's going to stack up this year, we could have eight to 10 guys win with our series that are full-time drivers with our series. So I don't think you're going to see someone dominate the series quite like we had last the last couple of years with Aaron Reitzel, where he was kicking up 10 to, he won like nine, 16 and 11. I don't think we're going to have that. I think it might be a year where you see the guy with the most wins on the series, maybe has four or five, but we're going to have five guys with that amount of wins. So, there's going to be a lot of parity this year, I think, which is going to be great for the series. It's fun for everyone. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it leads to a points battle heading into the Jim and Joanne Ford Classic in October at Fremont Speedway. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned that, you know, you, you think there's going to be a lot more parity in, in uh, the series this year with Reitzel uh, now running with the World Outlaws for their Rookie of the Year. Um, there's been five races. Who's Who's kind of stood out with your guys so far th- this year that, you know, that you think can put on a, a I, pretty good year. I think Tyler Courtney stood out really the most. I think he was the unknown for a, for a lot of folks. I mean, I've known Tyler for going on ten years now, and I know he's super talented. Obviously, a midget champion with USAC in twenty uh, twenty eight or nineteen, and then won the sprint car championship in twenty eighteen, and has had some success with the wing on in limited action. So I think Tyler kind of stood out. Kyle Reinhardt certainly turned some heads at night number two at Scrabman with his run from. I think the fourth row, I think, is where he started all the way up to second. And if it would have been another lap or two, one of those cases, you know, as we always say in racing, another lap or two, I think he would have maybe got Aaron Reitzel. So Kyle's going to be fun. And that's Kyle's an neat story. That's a kid from New Jersey that has an engineering degree that put life on pause to try to chase this racing deal and see if he can make something work before he just, before he figures out I can go do a nine to five. So he's really hoping he can be a professional race car driver. And then Justin Peck had a solid week for Tom Booth. Then you've got guys like Brent Marks. Brent had some tough luck, but kind of figured things out towards the end of the deal and got faster, especially when went to Volusia. And Brent will be full-time with the series. And Hunter Schoenberg, really his second year of just absolutely focusing on a wing sprint car and talking with Hunter and his partner, Tony Vermeer, who you guys are probably familiar with. Tony is a long-time mm-hmm. car owner around Knoxville with the 55. Last, 
the first half of last year, they kind of spent time figuring things out. They had some problems, and they really went through their equipment. So they didn't really get to start their season until really the later part of the season. And they picked up a couple of wins. They won with IRA and won a couple 5,000-win shows at Atomic Speedway. So Hunter should be fun. And you got a guy like Lucas Wolf into the mix as well. And I think Lucas is certainly capable. He's an outlaw winner, a Speed Week champion in Pennsylvania, but has yet to pick up an all-star win. I I right now I I'm absolutely pumped for this year though it goes back to what I said earlier just so much parity I agree with you uh, the, the, what you all the names that you mentioned just a little bit ago I, I agree with you I, I'm really impressed with Tyler Courtney for the limited wing experience that he has he he was uh, really impressive down there in Florida and Georgia and and parity among the All Stars you got parity among the uh, World of Outlaws uh, USAC uh, non wing sprints are, are the same way. I am so stoked about this season because across the board, I think almost every major series has a great lineup and, and it, it just looks uh, very promising for the world. Uh, 21. Yeah. I talked to Brian Holbert today, the voice of the ASCS national sprint car tour. And that's what we talked about. You mean, you think the all-stars, we're going to have a new champion. ASCS is going to have a new champion. The world of outlaws, have fun narrowing, narrowing down a champion there. I mean, you think there, you can name four or five guys right off the top of your head right now that could win that championship. And then with USAC, with the midgets, I mean, the midgets are super competitive. And the sprint cars kick it off this, this weekend, and that's going to be super competitive. It's crazy how five years ago it was almost kind of a struggle to get guys to go out and travel. And now it's like, man, you look at the, as you mentioned, USAC, the All-Stars, the Outlaws, ASCS, we're having some of our best lineups ever. So that's, that's pretty awesome. And then the local scene continues to get better in central Pennsylvania. And back home in the Midwest, I feel like the 410 local scene is, give it a year or two, it's going to be as strong as it's ever been once we can get Houston back to rolling. What do you think is one of the reasons for all this parity? I mean, you know, you've, you've experienced a lot of things. You've talked to a lot of people. Is it just, like you said, guys that can actually get out on the road now that are competitive? You know, it might be competitive in a regional area, but now are uh, full-time? Or is everybody kind of got the same equipment now? Or what do you think is maybe, or is it just the cycle, you know? I think it's a, a little bit of a combination of everything you mentioned there. It's a little bit of a cycle because we had those ebbs and flows. You know, you think back to the early 2000s, a lot of people were traveling. But I feel like now more than ever, guys are willing to go travel and get their feet wet rather than just settling in and and focusing. I mean, if you look at Knoxville, there's not a ton of guys that focus on just Knoxville anymore, which five years ago what to 10 years ago wasn't really the case. So guys are willing to go out and, and travel a little more. I feel like Pennsylvania gets kind of a bad rap for sitting on the porch but then you think like a guy like Danny Dietrich will go out and travel Anthony Macri is going to travel there, there's cars in central PA that will travel and you know, Lance Deweese just towed out to Arizona to race for crying out loud so I think that's probably why there's so much parity is because all these guys are just getting their feet wet all over the place and not just settling into one racetrack and just trying to figure out how to be really really good at one track and then they go to another track and get their butt kicked because it's not a half mile or it's not a quarter mile. So I think it's great for the sport. It's wonderful. I feel like our sport is competitive as it's ever been, which I mean, look at the crowd. The crowds are good. Mm-hmm. Post, hopefully even better post pandemic here this, this summer, if we can get through things. Okay. But uh, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I think this usually when I get through Florida, I'm a little bit burned out. I'm ready for a break and ready for like, I don't know, a month off. 
right now I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get to April so we can get back to racing. Well, I think another thing that helps out as well is almost all of you series uh, out there have increased the purse across the board. And so that's going to help not, not only the, 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 the great teams, but the, the teams that are, I mean, you, you guys increase the purse throughout the whole field. So that's going to help a lot of teams out and be able to sustain a, a whole season with, uh, with the all-stars or the outlaws or whatever series you're talking about. Cause uh, it seems like pretty much most of the series out there has increased their purse. And so um, that that's props to all of you guys for, for helping out those teams. And that's been one of our, when Tony bought the series in 2015, I remember I, we kind of went through things and we've kind of gone in, in waves kind of to, to accomplish our goals. The first year in the, or after the first year we got rid of, if you had a two day all-star show, you used to be able to pay $3,000 to win on the first day, which we thought was really not acceptable for a touring series. So we got rid of that. And that was very popular. The next year we injected more money into the purse from second to 24th. And then we up the toe the following year. And we've just kind of up things every year, but getting to $6,000 to win has been one of our goals since, 2016 saying hey we need to get this get things better so i think 53 of our 61 races this year are seeing a first increase first last year up to six grand to win and the only i think the only races that aren't paying six grand to win i think of the first day of a two-day show there's a couple of them where they're paying a bigger purse on the second night and then there's a couple of midweek shows i believe that are five thousand to win sprinkled in there but other than that, pretty much every race has seen an increase, and I think that's a big part, too, as you mentioned, another $1,000 on top, another $50 to start. B-Main money is way better than it's ever been, which we're getting that to where we need it to be. So, But the crowds have been good. So the, the track reception to us raising the first, 95% of the tracks have been 100% like, man, we're on board with this. This is great. Only a couple kicked back, and after that, they were they were all good. So that was encouraging to see. You mentioned a lot of the kind of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, raising the tow money, raising the purse and all that sort of stuff since Tony's bought in the series. We were talking maybe a couple episodes again how the all stars have changed since Tony's bought the series from like the Guy Webb days when it was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It was kind of a shit show. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So but uh since Tony's taken over taken over the All Stars, it's became a top tier series again, like like it used to be back before the guy web days, so we won't speak of his name anymore. But what do you think is now the future? You know, he's up to purses a little bit. What do you think is going to happen now with, with the series? Is it going to be more tracks, more traveling teams with you guys? Or I, I certainly hope it's more traveling teams. We're always, I mean, we always, that's always a good thing. I think we're going to be right around 12 this year, which for us is right about the honey hole. That, that's where we want to be is right about 12. That's kind of the perfect number for the way our sanction fee is set up for everyone to be, you know, everyone to be good, whether it's the series where it's maybe profitable, which we're getting there. And, and it's helpful for our teams too, to the point where they're all getting a fair share. So, so that's good. But right now, I mean, the series, we've got people that would like it to expand. It's just, it's tough for us to, to spread our wings much more than we have right now. I feel like we've kind of found our niche in a good spot, a healthy spot where our teams are happy. So I guess probably now the next goal is just to continue to grow within our footprint that we have and continue to figure out how to grow purses and just give teams a decision to make to, you know, do you want to go? And it's not that it's us versus the outlaws because we have a good relationship with them. Obviously, I mean, we just ran to their racetrack a week ago, but give teams a decision where you can come run 60 some odd races for good money and you can go run 
30 or 40 races outside of that, or, you know, you'd be locked down. So it creates an intriguing situation, but it's great for both series. I mean, our, our feeder system, if you will, has been successful. I mean, if you look, Sheldon has moved up and has been successful and now Aaron Reitzel's moving up and hopefully he's successful. We saw Greg Wilson go up and he he picked up a couple of outlaw wins. So it's kind of what we want to be, get, get guys experience traveling. And then if they want to stay great, they want to go travel more. That's just fine too. We just need to get uh, some all-star races and four ten races here in Nebraska. So if you could m- make that happen, yeah, I, that'd, that'd be great. Well, I would be all in for a four ten race at Eagle. Well, we all know how much uh, Lake Lakes in Nebraska. So uh, <laughs> I, I know, yeah. yeah you, I probably have to have security around me coming to Nebraska. <laughs> well, I was, it's just because you got to beat all question. the girls off with a stick, there, Blake. Yeah. I know. I get to Nebraska occasionally. My brother's a veterinarian and lives in, he and his wife live in Omaha. So I get there occasionally now. Yeah, that was my next comment. How I'm looking through your schedule and I see you're stopping at uh, Knoxville and West Burlington and 34 Raceway. You're stopping in Missouri, Kansas, but there's just no Nebraska races. And I completely understand with us not having very many 410 motors in, in Nebraska, but uh Man, we got two racetracks that are awesome that would would just need four ten races at them. But uh, I completely understand the situation that uh, we're in right now. We we can't bring much to the table if we expect you guys to show up. We don't we don't have many cars that can to make a full field. Right, uh, right now that I think the biggest problem we have is trying to find the right dates for events to be successful because that's what we have to look at too. Is when we come in, we want to make sure that it's a successful event for both parties where, because no one wins if we roll in and have 14 cars, you know, that that's right. a, that's a no win situation for anybody. But it's the, the other problem we have is it's tough to expand, expand the schedule much more than what we have right now, because you know, the kind of the dates are eating up, you know, there's still only so many weekend dates to go around and everything's kind of set where pretty much most tracks are pretty much saying, Hey, you know, we, we, we haven't had anyone say we don't want you back next year. And you think, this year we didn't really go to the state of New York because it's a relative of unknown what's going to happen up there. They haven't even opened up at all yet. So we kind of talked to our New York tracks and said, Hey, we're just going to take off 2021 because it's not worth the risk of getting to June and you can't have fans. And then we got to scrap a weekend in the middle of the summer and we lose the weekend. So you think there's, there's another weekend that we got to figure out where to put that back in the schedule in 2022. It's a great problem to have though, which is the positive, you know, it's, it's better than us scratching our heads thinking, man, we've got 36 races and we need to find 20 races out there. What the heck are we going to do? Where right now it's like, well, we don't want to be past the mid fifties and we're sitting at 61. So we're in an intriguing problem, which is a great problem to have, as I said. So, so as you know, we're, we're all here in Nebraska. If there was one all-star race that we could, all three could load up in a car and head out to this year, what one would it be? I want to put you on the spot. Ooh, I want to put you on the spot a little bit. That's that's tough. I mean, I think it depends where you haven't been. I don't know if you're if you're looking to check a racetrack off. I think Four Crown at Eldora is a fantastic event because you can see us and USAC put together. And I'll say this: watching a USAC midget at Eldora is just absolutely hair raising. It is the, the like, called a support class. Isn't fair, but quite often when we have support classes, that's kind of my time to catch up and make sure the website, my race pass is updated and everything. But when the midgets are on track at Eldora, 
I set everything down for a couple of minutes and make sure I watch because those guys are nuts. I'd put that up there. Tuscora 50 at Port Royal is probably my favorite weekend of the year, hands down. With the fair going on, the the Port Royal Speedway is one of the nicest racetracks in the country, and they continue to pump thousands of dollars in updates into it every year. And car count's over 50, and it's a $54,000 to win race. I would put up that up there. And then, obviously, Ohio Sprint Speed Week. I mean, that's, that's kind of our bread and butter week during the middle of June that is pretty awesome. Nine races throughout the middle of June. It's hot, but it's fun. And big car counts. Everyone likes a big car count. So that, that's, that, that's a roundabout way to answer it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You said the uh, Port Royal Tuscarora 50. Uh, um, I, I've said several times on this podcast that my wife told me that for my 55th birthday, she's going to pay for me a weekend getaway to some race, whichever one I want. And right now the Tusky 50 is, is leading the, the race and I'm going to get there probably for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then uh, we're going to finish off with a Pittsburgh Steelers game on Sunday. So uh, it, it's, it, it's good that you said that because I think that that's going to probably win out this year over Eldora. Yeah. That you can't go wrong there. Port Royal so awesome. And it gets so slick by the end of the night that it's a half mile that races kind of like a quarter mile a little bit where the guys can get out and slide. You don't really see them hammered down at the end of the night. And I, the atmosphere there is electric. Our crowds are huge and the fair just, I mean, you can eat to your heart's delight and you find, you know, it's just like going to the state fair or your County fair. It's so much fun. And Port Royal is just, it's a neat little town too. I mean, it's a town, I don't know, maybe a thousand, two thousand, two thousand people at the most. It's tiny and it's tucked in the mountains. It's just, it's a town all about racing. I don't, it's without a doubt. I could not recommend that weekend more than more than anything. It's a great weekend. Well, I, I don't have a wife nice enough like Brad's uh, to pay for me to go to racing. So I'll probably only see you at Knoxville this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, not bad nice either. You know, you, you gotta be nice to her. It's in order a two way street, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I got one that wants to kick me out, so that's yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a question about COVID, and and it's a it's a subject that I we don't like to touch a lot on here. But uh, um, your series, the All Stars last year, you guys took the baton and kind of led the country in in starting a race at, at what was it, Park Jefferson with uh, with a. Uh, Terry McCarl, yep. and then you guys went down south to Oklahoma. What is your guys' concern right now with COVID and getting all your races in with with full field or with full sp- um, stands, full access to the fans? Uh, do you guys have any concerns right now about getting your schedule think, in without uh, any, any interruptions? I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if the series necessarily does. I haven't really talked to my boss too much about that. I mean, me personally, I know there's a couple spots I'm a little bit nervous about, but I, I, I feel pretty encouraged about the vaccine. I'll say that much. I feel like I see a lot of folks that are more that are willing to get it. I feel like we're getting it out there, which the more people we can get vaccinated, the better place we're going to be in because that's going to ease government restrictions and, and let us get out and do things. But I'm not sure. I mean, Eldora is one that I'd be a little lenient on because they're going to make sure that they're absolutely dotting every single I and crossing every single T before we get a fan in there for a race car. So that's, that's one that I would be a little nervous about. Yeah. I would say Knoxville, but uh, governor Reynolds back in Iowa, she opened everything up this past week. So 
as long as we can continue on the trend that we're on right now of you know hospitalization staying down hopefully that's the case and people can continue to stay healthy and we can get more people vaccinated and we'll, we'll be all right I, I know I'm, i try to stay pretty diligent about wearing my mask and hopefully you know maybe one person in the stand sees that and they put their mask on and then we're in a good spot yeah I get, I get, I have my first vaccine and I'm going to get my second one on the 19th. And so Bastard. I'm, I'm ready to full, full throttle next, uh, next summer, but uh, it's going to be a long time before my wife gets it. So I'm definitely going to be still wearing my mask. And if you make fun of me, I really don't care. Uh, I'm going to yeah, the races and I'm not bringing it, bringing it back to my wife, but yeah, I, I, we can't wait to get back to relatively normal and fill the stands, watch, um, hang out in the pits. Uh, that's, that's what we all love about sprint car racing. So we can't wait to get to that point. Yeah, I, I miss that too. I miss, I miss the 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 whole atmosphere that comes that comes with these events. I mean, we had Knoxville this year, but if you were there, it was obviously much more sedated, and it didn't have that electric feel on Saturday that you can't manufacture that just comes with the Knoxville Nationals. It didn't have that feel. I didn't. I got excited, but I just. I didn't have that just wired feel on Saturday afternoon. Like, man, I cannot wait for tonight. And then obviously with Noel Dora, that was like, just, it was almost depressing in July, going through the middle of July and not knowing that there's no Kings Royal. So hopefully we don't have to face that again. I guess right now it's a relative unknown. I know it's right now all systems are a plan to go, but as we've all grown to learn during this, this pandemic, the last, almost a year now that really everything is day to day more than anything. Yeah. Full speed ahead as far as I'm concerned. Well, the last thing I want to touch on with, with the pandemic thing is with you guys being on flow racing and flows definitely kicked up the notch when it comes to the internet streaming of, uh, of racing, how has that exposure to help you guys? I mean, everybody knows the all-stars oh, is no. on flow and Eldora is on flow now. So you, you, it, you're, you're, in, been... you're in the home of everybody's house right now. It's been fantastic. I, my experience and our experience with Flow has exceeded expectations tenfold. I know that they had a number set in mind on what they thought that the All-Stars would do viewership-wise and subscription creation-wise, and we, we blew past that in, the first, in July. It was like we, we blew past the gold. So Flow Racing has just exploded. It's it's the best deal in motorsports. I mean, I love the guys at Dirt Vision. Nothing against them at all. I don't view them as really competition. I'm close friends with a lot of folks at Dirt Vision, but uh, Flow, I just feel like, man, 150 bucks, and you get the Chili Bowl, you get the All Stars, you get USAC. If you like late models, you get a million late model races. You can watch Port Royal and Lincoln Weekly. You can watch Marshalltown Speedway Weekly. It's just, I think we've got over a thousand events live, and then. On top of that, all the special pieces that we had beyond that, whether it be the Larson piece that we did that was, I think, 30, 40 minutes, there are these behind-the-scenes all-access pieces that I know are getting ready to roll out from the Chili Bowl here in the coming week after being on the call with Flo today that they're going to be thrilling. I know that I think we did five of them, and they're going to be all-access pieces. And ironically, if you watch the Chili Bowl, Jason McDougall had a thrilling run on Saturday where we were behind the scenes with him all day. So that was the guy that got picked and he had them one of the more iconic runs in recent memory. So that'll be kind of the centerpiece of the all access pieces from flow. But even on the partnership side of things with our partners, we've had a couple partners that 
have wanted to spend a little bit more money so they can have commercials during our broadcast because they've been so happy with things. So it's great. And it's uh, hopefully we can continue to grow it in 2021 here and beyond. Obviously, hopefully we're not in a facing as goes back to the last question, facing quite as much with the pandemic. So it's understandable if things are maybe not quite as good as last year, but we hope they're better. We hope that our numbers are better as, we continue to sell more and more flow racing subscriptions. Yeah, definitely. I, I always tweet out to you when you're doing the broadcast. That way I get my uh, my cheap free plug for the podcast. So <laughs> there <laughs> we go. <laughs> well, I think we all three have talked about how last year during COVID we we just tune into flow racing and all three of us have never been to so many sprint car races in our lives as we did last year watching <laughs> watching every night on flow. Yeah. I mean, I sit there and think this weekend, I know I'll be glued to flow because we got the East Bay 360s, the Ronald Laney Memorial, and uh, the USAC National Sprint Car kicks off their season. So I'm excited to watch that as well. Yeah, definitely. That's well, uh, not a bad weekend for floor, or for uh, mid-February, is it? No, not at all. I can't no. play one bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, before we let you go, Blake, I want to thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, you mentioned that there might be uh, – I'm going to put you on the spot again – there might be some full-time drivers that have not made the uh, the trip out to Florida yet. Um, do you want to name any of these drivers, or do you have a list of what guys are committed to your I know, right now? I know Lucas Wolf was one that he'll be running full-time for the series with Mark Coldren in those seven. I know one that I can't name that hopefully is coming here in, I don't know, the next week. Kyle Larson, they've, run full-time been, with the series, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyle Larson can run full-time. Rick Hendrick yeah. decided we're going sprint car racing, <laughs> if only. Uh, I know his, it's supposed to be in the coming week, so that hopefully I'm not going to – I guess I can't say anything there. I'm sorry. I wish I could for you guys. But uh, Kyle Reinhardt will be with us. Justin Peck. And, or, uh, Anthony Macri won't. We'll see him quite a bit. Corey Eliason, Tyler Courtney, Hunter Schoenberg, Brent Mark. That's just uh, to name a few. TJ Michael was one that was was not in Florida that'll be racing full time with us this year, and I'm not sure what Zach Campton's going to do. Originally, he said or Ian Madsen. That's another one. Jeez, I forgot about Ian. Ian will be full time in the McGee yeah. car, so that's a great car to have. So, I mean, Ian, I think they're going to win some races as well. The McGees have great equipment, and Ian certainly certainly talented enough. That's for sure. Two time track champion at Knoxville, and um, TJ joining. The, and I know Zach Campton is. They're, they're, they said they were going to do it. We just haven't got paperwork from them yet. So the membership period is still open for another month or so. So they still have time. But I think, like I said, I think we should be right around 12 full time, which is great. That, that's the perfect number. If locals can make races and our guys can make races. That, that looks like a pretty impressive lineup for, for the All-Stars. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Ian Madsen had a little tough go with it at, down there in, in uh, Florida yeah. and Georgia. Um, some motors and mechanical issues, and they they uh, went back home to kind of regroup. But uh, yeah, I agree. The McGee Motorsports and the Ian Madsen is going to be right there for for you guys. And so, I, I think it's going to be a battle between Marks uh, Eliason and uh, Ian. Uh, those well, you can't forget Tyler Courtney either. So, uh, you guys got a great yeah. uh, great thing going for twenty twenty one. I'm thrilled. I. It's- it's going to be a fun group. I think every one of our guys is certainly willing to go above and beyond and what we need to help promote the series and continue to grow our brand. And we've got great car owners that we get to work with that continue to support the series. You know, Justin Peck's back with Tom Book and 
Spook's great. The McGee's have been great to work with. You know, Kevin Rudine gives so much to our series to continue to try to grow the brand. And you bring on great teams. You know, Gerard McIntyre, or uh, excuse me, Mark Coldren with Lucas Wolf and the Clawson Marshall Gang and CJB Motorsports. So many great teams. And I know Greg Wilson's going to run with us quite a bit this year, too. And uh, Greg is certainly one of my favorite guys in racing. He's just one of those guys that when you're around him, your day is immediately better. Well, I'm going to shout out Paul McMahon. Uh, I, he's not going to be a full-time with yep. you guys, but he's going to race with you guys. And I, I hope that 23 car gets a win this year for uh, with you guys. Paul, uh, they're excited. I actually, on my way back home on uh, this past Saturday, I stopped in, in Nashville and met up with Jan and Braden for a while in downtown Nashville and a couple other friends. So it was good to see them. But I'm excited to have Paul. We'll have him quite a bit this year with CJB. I know that he just has a couple of weekends in there. I think they got a wedding for a close family friend and his daughter, Kylie is graduating college. And Paul said, I'm not going to miss that. So that's pretty cool. Cause life events like that don't happen too often. So I'm glad to see that Paul can enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Blake, I want to thank you for jumping on, taking 30 minutes out of your day. Uh, hopefully you can get back to watching some late model racing tonight. And uh, once again, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a, it was a good time and hopefully we can continue to promote sprint car racing and who knows, maybe we'll get sprint cars, the 410 back in Nebraska for you guys. I'm all for that. <laughs> we can all I hope. hope. So. <laughs> Please. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, bro. Right. Blake, we'll take, talk to you later. Take care, Blake. Thanks, guys. Company always on the run, a destiny. Oh, it's the rising sun. I was born a shotgun in my hands. Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand. Yeah, and that's why they call me.
talk about you know the parody in that i mean it's it's unbelievable parody and as you point out you know in all the series this year that you know it's going to be a it's going to be tough picking a champion in any series this year and um i think you know last year with the covid and the pandemic and that but it gave like like we were all saying you know we've all watched more races than we've ever watched i think exposed everybody to how good the streaming services can be and how much it can kind of you know is about as close to the seat as you can get without being there. And um, it, so I, I think it's a great thing for all sport car race. I think we're, we're kind of, it looks like we, we might be moving into kind of another golden age of, of the racing. And I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. You mentioned that we watched more races than we've ever had before. And I still don't know what's going on though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 do I, not, with- I do not get how guys like, you know, Blake and you can throw, Brian Holbert and there, Johnny Gibson, Tony Bakov, and any of the announcers, they, they know what is going on all the time with, with their particular series and cars and drivers and all this sort of stuff. Well, I watch a lot of it, and I keep try to keep up on Facebook, Twitter, and whatever. And just the fact that they can rattle all this stuff off on the top of their head, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I agree with you, Jason. Uh, it, this is you, It's going to be really hard to pick a champion in any of the divisions. Although, honestly, I haven't heard a lot about the ASCS Tour. I, I haven't seen very many driver commitments, so I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with the ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. But, yeah, with the USAC sprint, uh, Sprints All-Star and Outlaws, it's going to be fun to sit back and watch. And I think next week we should do a pick em show where we pick our, our top four or five guys in each series and maybe yeah. go back at the end of the year and see see how we did, so... I think that'll be fun. I'm, I'm game for that. I think yeah. that'll be fun to do uh, next on next week's show. Um, but before we wrap things up, we uh, USAC Midgets, we mentioned that they raced a little bit earlier uh, in the show uh, over at Bubba Raceway Park down in Ocala, Florida. And it uh, looks like Buddy Kofoid picked up the victory victory on Friday night? Thursday I think night. it was Friday night, but I, I think it was, they they raced like 15 laps and then they got rained out yeah, and they finished it the next day. Yeah. They definitely battled a whole a whole hell of a lot of rain out there. I don't know how far Ocala is is from Felucia or anything like that. Florida's a big state; they could be racing on opposite sides of the state for all I know. But uh, no surprise, Buddy Kofoid picking up a victory in, in one of the Keith Coons cars. I think maybe a little bit of a surprise was uh, on Monday night where we saw Timez pick up a victory. Uh, he's no stranger to victory lane and, uh, but just jumping on, on a win this early, I think is a little bit of surprise in my book. Anyways, it's yeah. hard to count team out, you know, he's the guy is just always sticking his nose in there. And again, uh, you know, testament testimony to the point parody. Yeah, parody, I'm, parody. I'm not a, I'm not up on non wing 
sprint car racing and measure racing like a lot of people, but it seems like he's starting to get comfortable and come into his own right now. And, and he's winning some races and of course his interviews are stellar. So, uh, yeah, speak, uh, more, speak. more of team is, is a good thing. All right. Speaking of team we are going to play his victory lane interview. Thanks to our friends over at flow racing guys. Just listen. I mean, his interviews are amazing. The only thing I can say is lap traffic. Lap traffic was almost the winner of that race. Chris Windham showing you the nose a few times, pulling up alongside you there. How do you defend against a guy like Chris Windham? Well, first of all, it's hard to win if you're a lap car. So let's get that clear. Okay, so you can't win if you're a lap car. So now that we got that clear, definitely, you know, lap lap cars, you know, this place was fast. You know, first and foremost, hats off to the track for running us for letting us race on a monday you know like i'm sure you weren't making money at this but we are i did thank you so much my kids thank you everybody thanks you but you know this race was kind of won by dave tonight you know because we just kind of felt like we were a little off on our motor car's been killer dave uh dave got her tuned up didn't hurt that we started up on the pole but uh some days i'd rather be lucky than good any day and today's that day Last year, pretty much toward the end of the season, you picked up your first ever NOS Energy and USAC National win. And since then, you've been a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I'm the oldest guy in the field, but I win races. So ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. He wins races, man. Yeah, you got to love Team S, man. That yeah, interviews classic. like that is great. That is that's classic. That sound drops straight, for days. Straight from the heart. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. So hopefully we hear more from Team As. Uh, you know, I, I kinda like the fact that, you know, Flow Racing puts out these victory lane interviews that I can we can take and download and play because it's it's better when we have commentary like that than we can comment on, you know, what's going on in the racing scene. So I I thought it was pretty cool. Well, what I liked about it is he wasn't talking smack. It was all true. It was straight from the heart. Uh yeah, we need more team as you know, that's one thing I think. Uh, we talked. We talked a lot about that, and I talked about way back in the day with um, JJ Riggins, and and we will get JJ Riggins on the yes, show. We will mark my words. Yeah. We will get him on the show. If you are a Nebraska Sprint Car fan, you don't know who JJ Riggins is. You will learn, and you will be better for it. And um, you know, he talked about that sometimes sprint car racing and racing misses kind of that that color. You know, the guy in the black hat, I'm not saying Timez was here, but you just need that guy that's got that exuberance and that, um, you know, personality. There's too many guys, you know, I want to thank so-and-so and such-and-such for giving me a great car and blah, 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 and this sponsor, that sponsor. And it's just nice to have Timez kind of come out and say how it is. And and like you said, Brad, he isn't he isn't talking crap about anybody, just just showing it the way it is. And it's it's nice to have that on the mic for once. And that's oh, what I got to say about that. Yep. And he's backing it up too. So he's, he's winning races. And so that, that just adds credibility to what he's saying. Yeah, definitely. So uh, with, with that, I think that recaps the, uh, the past week, uh, this weekend, it sounds like it's been a freeze out a watch out as the world outlaws canceled their uh, Georgia and Alabama races. I think it was, they were going to be yeah. at Talladega short track. I know. And Dixie speedway in Georgia. So, those have been washed out. Uh, sounds like right now, USAC is still a go, as Blake mentioned earlier, with the uh, with the USAC sprint cars over there at Bubba Raceway Park. The king of the 360s, man, I love that race out there at East Bay, the Ronald Laney Memorial. Uh, back in the day when I first started to get into into sprint car racing, I bought a bunch of 
old DVDs and stuff. Uh, Motorsports Video Plus, I think, is the guy who who did it. And I thought it was cool to see guys like Mike Chad go down there and race. And the guys that we got to see weekly at Eagle Raceway actually made the trip down there and race. So I love that race. It's going to be fun to watch that this weekend over at East Bay. Is that on Flow? Do you, yes. Do you know? It is all oh. on Flow Racing. Oh, there we are. Except for I'm going to be in Iowa City at a damn track meet. So I'm not going to get to I'll, I'll get to watch Flow on Thursday and Friday. But Saturday I'll be at the track meet and then heading back to Lincoln, Nebraska. So I'll get home about 1 or 2 in the morning. And so no Flow on Saturday. You, you can get it on your phone, Brad. I don't have unlimited data right now. Man. I is. know. I know. Don't even say no. it. I know. <sighs> <laughs> You're disappointing me. Disappointing me. I know. I know it. I mean, I even watch full racing on the infield at Eagle Raceway when we're racing. I mean, what else? Am oh, I gonna, really? What else yeah, am I going to do when the shit boxes are on, on the track? You got cell service that doesn't suck. Yeah. So, I mean, what else am I going to do when the when the stock cars on the track? I'll well, watch that car racing. I'll have to into switching to unlimited and see if it's cheaper than what I'm paying right now because I get a discount working at the University of Nebraska. I get a discount, so we'll we'll see. All right. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for jumping on with us this week. We will catch everybody on the flip side. Take care.